0: Hello and welcome to Gilead. I'm Rebecca Anderson, one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad you found us. July 2023, our theme is beef, stories of conflict. And it's a surprise to no one that the conflicts that hit the hardest are the ones closest to us with the people who are most important. Sunday, July 9, sabbatical pastor Mary Taylor kicked us off with a sermon about brothers doing their own thing, the unspoken expectations that breed disappointment and resentment, and the possibility of loving each other anyway, even partying together. As you can maybe tell, I thought it was an absolute banger. You'll also hear that we're back outside for this summer, and it's a dream. Why did we wait so long? Come join us. From last Sunday night, here's Mary. You know, when I was writing this, I was really going to try to be artsy and heightened. But, you know, listen, I've had a shitty week, so it is what it is. And here we go. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you! (laughs) do you resent your brother that's what my aunt asked me last thanksgiving last thanksgiving is when i can pretty well track the beginning of the small whisper in the back of my head saying you better get used to this last thanksgiving was the last time mom could climb stairs and there are stairs leading to my grandpa's house which is where thanksgiving was and there was simply no getting around them Mom and grandpa had this kind of joke going on for the last couple of years where one would have a medical issue and be in the hospital and then a little after the other one would and then the next time the other saw the other, one saw the other, there you go, Um, they'd be like, guess it's your turn. And it was cute and funny at first. Andy, My brother had gone to Nebraska to live with his partner in August, and of course I'm happy for him, whatever, he's in love, whatever. Um, And mom was very depressed about being an empty nester. Finally, both of her children being, you know, 30. Simply never understanding that adult kids are supposed to move out, but that's a whole other thing for a whole other time. The immediate answer to my aunt's question do you resent your brother was obviously a no. At that point, mom was still somewhat independent and I was trying to push her to re-engage with her life and she found out through Facebook, I guess, that she was suffering, well, not no quotations under suffering, but suffering through empty-nester syndrome. Forgetting the fact that she also has chronic depression. And she had the wherewithal to have this kind of conversation a couple times or several times. And while I answered no to my aunt's question about resentment, there was a sputter in my brain, a hiccup, a pause. Do I, do I resent my brother? Well, no, of course not. He's with the love of his life kidding. I love Spencer. Spencer's great. Um, and this season will pass and I'll live my adult life too. But in February, when it was all becoming clear that mom's decline was not a long form depressive episode triggered by an adult moving out, but was instead simply the start of a decline of mom's health brought on by nothing but her body aging, giving in. So I moved back home, thinking that maybe a good routine would help took two days to realize that there was something maybe a little deeper going on. And when I first heard about the prodigal son parable, I was a senior in high school, playing one of those disciples in Stephen Schwartz's response to Jesus Christ Superstar Godspell. Prior to this, my favorite story in the Bible was actually the parable Jesus shares a little before this parable. Uh, The one celebrating the that one of the sheep comes back, you know? And then Jesus talks about a woman rejoicing, finding a missing coin. And then we get to this, the prodigal son, his return. And when I heard this parable in 2011, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I kind of had a soft spot for the brother who stayed. Not that I'd ever complain about a a party, no matter the occasion but something about the brother who stayed kind of always had a soft spot in my heart. And he did have like kind of valid frustrations. From July of last year to May of this, grandpa was on a similar decline as mom. However, with this, they couldn't really joke about it anymore. And grief is fucked up, right? I mean, when grandpa passed, a man I loved and was very close to, why did I feel a sense of relief? And the cliche of they're not suffering anymore. And I hate thinking in clichés. But when he passed, just like when grandma had passed, people reached out and there are people from the family who we hadn't seen in a while speak up and While these people come together and share space together, we laugh and we debrief and we decompress and we cry together. And there's something very joyful about the whole togetherness. Andy and I were always the kind of weird grandkids. My grandma, a lovely woman, uh, once told my mom a few weeks before she passed that she never really liked Andy and I growing up we were always a little weird but that now that we're pretty much adults she could stand us now so that was really nice Andy was always sticking to a book in grandma's bear room which is a room that was next to the TV room and she just kind of collected a lot of stuffed bears and antiques and there was this portrait of a really creepy guy um, we think is maybe someone's father but no one knows who anyway And then there's me coming up with some kind of comeback to my deadpan uncle's, my deadpan, it's not dead, deadpan uncle's retorts about my maturity level or lack thereof, and it was all in good fun. But Andy and I vowed to be better at communicating than dad was with his sisters. Dad always complaining about how he's the one who has to call and the only time the sisters call is when someone dies but we promised to communicate regularly and often and thoroughly. So when I warned Andy about grandpa's being close to the end, I wanted him to call grandpa so that he wouldn't regret it. And I wanted him to save up so he could come to the funeral. And I wanted him to be here. (laughs) When grandpa passed and my aunt offered to pay Andy's way, to the funeral, uh, he declined, and my aunt Jane was pissed, and Dad was upset, and my uncle was confused. And because bad feelings are bad, I didn't want to feel those things. I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to feel upset that for the past three months of being a caretaker, I had seen Mom's somewhat rapid decline in real time, and I didn't want to feel upset that whenever I. Whenever I'd give Andy an update, I felt the responses were generic and disconnected, but that's always gonna be how it is when it's long distance. And I didn't wanna feel upset. And after my aunt and uncle and cousin and cousin and another aunt and the weird third cousin talked about being somewhat disappointed in Andy for not attending, and after my aunt and uncle threw together a conspiracy about it all, I just wanted his take. And to reiterate to him that of course I'm not upset, because I don't ever feel upset ever, and so obviously, and never upset. We FaceTimed, and I stood by the washer and dryer. In the in this like weird pseudo laundry room shelf. <laughs> while my mom, while I made mom and dad watch Black Klansman again in the other room, classic classic movie, love it, love it. Um, shout out for Black Klansman, yes. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for everyone who responded. Um, And he said that he was sad about grandpa's passing and that when he got the news, he and his partner did a couple of witchy rituals to commemorate him and shared his favorite stories about him with Spencer, his partner. And it all sounded like really fucking healthy. And I mean, I like, I kind of hated it. He said that aside from our household and grandpa, he didn't really feel close to the family. And I wanted so badly to change his mind, but realized that he's figured it out. That grief looks different to everyone and that the way we grieve is private and that you don't have to attend a funeral to prove your love to them. But I I was upset. I was disappointed and I was confused and pissed and I was upset. And previously in my family, when one was upset, there had to be a solution to fix the upset. Not by open communication, of course, no, but by finding who's responsible for the hurt and confront them about it. Or keep your mouth shut and just quietly despise them. But while my family pointed blame on Andy and quietly said their curses to him about him... I can't be mad at him because he truly did nothing wrong. He can't help that leading up to grandpa's passing, I quietly was excited to see my brother in the flesh and finally talk about this crazy life that's been happening. And I was looking forward to seeing him before mom, before it's mom's time and looking forward to having maybe everyone come back again. And I always felt kind of like Joe in Little Woman Women, woman, what the heck? Anyway, always reaching for that time when they could all be back together again, like nothing had changed. Even when that's uh, a silly thing to want because everything changes like all the time. And change is good. And I don't feel resentment toward Andy at all. And when he comes to visit, whether that be at mom's funeral or before that or after that, we'll rejoice and celebrate. But here's my open letter to the brother who stayed. <clears throat> um, hey, Prodigal son's brother <laughs> must be pretty annoying to just be known as someone's brother. I mean, that's like the brothers in Joseph and the amazing technical or dream code. Oh, right. Um, you haven't heard about that yet. Well, thousands of years in the future, a composer writes, okay, never mind. Anyway, hi, I'm Mary, and I I just wanted to tell you that I see you, and you put in a lot of work, and you should be really proud of yourself. And I know it's frustrating to put in all of that work, and um, and show up for your dad, and to feel underappreciated. And maybe we take this as a possibility for growth. Maybe we understand that people sometimes grow and change differently than we do, and that other people have other needs. And maybe we learn about giving grace, sure, but maybe we also take this as an opening of some dialogue about starting to appreciate each other and ourselves. Prodigal son's brother, Let's just call you Stanley for now. Stanley, you've done such great work and you should go take a load off and go party and know that this is a possibility too, that we can celebrate victories and that we can embrace this shift and that we can ask for help and that we can be angry and upset and flustered and disappointed and that, sometimes no one is going there's there is no one to blame and that it's just the way life is and that all feelings are designed and created to be felt so cry away stanley if you need to go get drunk if you need to go dance your shoes off and go hug your brother and things won't be back to normal anymore well that's not true it, it's that there is a new normal an ever-changing normal, and that's hard. And the flicker you once recognized in a loved one's eyes that's now dimmed, that it's like finding gold, it's like panning for gold in a dirty lake. Maybe you have days where you cry in your car and you scream in a field and probably smoke too much weed and maybe drink a little too much sometimes and Maybe this is all just normal right now because your life is insane. So you don't have to find the positives in everything and you're allowed to feel hurt and abandoned and disappointed and your feelings are valid and it can look different than trying to blame a person or something. Anyway, Stanley and Gilead, that's my open letter to you. And may the fatted calf and the wine and the dancing be plentiful when needed.